aboard the struggle bus. You got problems just like us. Climb aboard the struggle bus. Let Kate and Sally help you. Welcome to the struggle bus. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. We're here to fix your lives. That said, we are two people whose only qualifications to give you advice are that we have lots of feelings and lots of opinions. Neither of which are a substitute for professional guidance. Hello. Hey, gang. Good morning, everyone. What did you just exclaim right before we started recording? That I forgot the opening of the show. Oh, okay. Literally just the welcome to the struggle bus. I'm like, how do we do this? What, what happens next? Wait, which way does every podcast start? <laughs> welcome. Um, anyway, yeah. Hi, how's it going? Listen, if you want to tweet at us and give us other ideas for opening mm-hmm. things, uh, tweet at us at Struggle Bus Pod. Email us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com if you ha- uh, have a question for us to read on the air or if you want to join our Facebook group, um, make sure you send a separate email with the name, uh, with, sorry, in, in the subject matter. In the subject matter. Sure, in the subject matter. Sure. Put put in the subject line of the email question or um, may I please join the group if you need to send two. That makes sense because I take care of the Facebook group mm-hmm. and Sally takes care of the emails. I sure do. And if they get jumbled in there, what's going to happen? <laughs> we'll, we'll lose it is what's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, use the email you log into Facebook with. I'll send you a confirm that we... Uh, let you in and if for some reason you didn't get in email me back and just say i didn't get in because that happens 50 percent of the time mm-hmm. uh that motorcycle knows what i'm talking about yeah, it does yeah g- go on to instagram.com slash the struggle bus pod use the hashtag struggle pod buds 420 to find a struggle buddy uh the website is strugglebuspodcast.com if you want to become a bonus member mm-hmm. different than the facebook page facebook's free bonus members for as little as five dollars a month you get bonus episodes we now have 12 bonus episodes mm-hmm. monthly oh a year's worth mm-hmm. oh look at that yeah um, so, yeah, you can find the link for that on strugglebuspodcast.com. Tweet at Sally T. Tweet at me at SPK Heller. What else do they get when they join the be- bonus member thing? Catherine, let me help you out. I need some coffee. When they become a member, uh, no, that's not right either. When you, yeah, it's a, that's a membership, right? Yeah, a yeah. bonus member. When you become a bonus member, I yeah. didn't really help you out. I just kind of fumbled it worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, for as little as $5 a month, not only do you get a year's worth of bonus episodes, uh, you also get a ticket to ride the struggle bus, which we will send you in the mail. And Ooh. it looks like a Metro card, a New York City Metro card. Um, and it you can write your name on it. It says never ride alone. It's like a fun little thing to keep on you. And, you know, Catherine. Yes, Sally. We don't have that many more left of them. Really? Yeah. So I feel like we should make them like a limited edition. Ooh. And then like stop doing them after they run out and then do a new thing. Maybe. Well, well, Maybe? well. I don't know. We can figure it out. I don't know either. The, um, the point is. Limited it, edition. Right? Pretty cool. Like first edition. Commemorative plates. Oh my gosh. Can we That'd make be, commemorative plates? That would be amazing actually. We do that. Yeah. Oh man. Um, so listen guys, if you want a card, uh, a first edition or limited edition, who knows, send us $5 a month or more, your choice, uh, and get all the bonus episodes, get a card and uh, support the show. Yeah. And also we have a live show? We do. What? It's coming up. It's officially this month it's now october oh my gosh it's october already this is the countdown there's 22 days until our live show you have 22 days to get your tickets which will be ten dollars in advance twelve dollars at the door and we have 22 days to plan said live show wouldn't it be 21 days by the time they're listening to this Catherine, you're correct i do math 21 days because this doesn't come out this isn't live right now (laughs) this comes out tomorrow you know it is live our live show (laughs) our live show is live and we are going to have three amazing guests yes Catherine, 
Okay. Tell the people. Josh Gondelman from mm-hmm. last week tonight, Emmy Award winning. Uh, Molly Neffel, who is the best, co-host of Radio Dispatch and an incredible journalist. And Michael Denzel Smith, incredible uh, author and journalist, mm, author, writer. Yeah. Uh, writes for a lot of uh, incredible things, uh, political stuff as well. This is like, this is the A-team. Like, this is like all-stars. This is the dream team also, of podcast, live podcast guests. I heard back from a certain someone who might be a special guest in the last 10 minutes, but I'll let you know. Ooh. We're trying to get something very special to happen. Yeah. When Catherine says very special, that is the understatement of the century. Yeah, thank you. Uh, this is the coolest special guest ever, and uh, it only costs you $10 to find out in person who that is. Yeah, so for more information on how to get tickets, go on to strugglebuspodcast.com. And some people were wondering if we can make it an all ages show so if you're under 21 we're looking into yeah. it we'll see I'm sure it's possible but we want to make sure before you buy yeah. a ticket and get turned away we're working on suck. it I'm actually not sure it's possible but we're fine we're yeah. trying to find out we, we've tried to yeah it depends <laughs> they've changed rules yeah. around so we're waiting to hear back we'll keep you posted yeah and uh, if not we'll do our next live show in a uh, my apartment a library or a something. library yeah well, there wherever there's people all, all ages yeah. allowed cool um, so one other thing we wanted to mention uh we got an email from the creator of a new web series, which is called Keep Me Posted. Uh, and you can find it at keepmepostedseries.com. And uh, this, the creator, her name is Hilary Berkowitz Nussbaum. And she wrote in because she thought that people who listen to The Struggle Bus might enjoy the show. Um, it's a web series about, uh, the series is a biting look at the impact of texting and social media on our closest relationships told through the lives of three friends trying to grow up without growing apart. Mm. Uh, and she wrote in and she said, I myself have struggled with depression and anxiety and poured a lot of that experience into the series. There's a lot of interesting stuff. There's like mother-daughter relationships, uh, undiagnosed depression, imposter syndrome. And mm. what's cool about the show is that they don't, the friends like connect about their stuff by texting mm-hmm. less, more so than IRL, which I think people can relate to. I watched the first episode. I think there are three. Yeah. Um, so keep me posted series.com. You guys should check it out. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Awesome. So shall we get to opening jibber jabber? I think we should. So I see your jibber jabber and I'm like, right, of course. And yes, I figure we are going to talk about these things. Yeah. But my biggest jibber jabber right now is I had a really bad cold this week and I did perform this weekend, but yeah. you know how it is. Then it's like you got to sleep for the next few days. So I, uh, I have, I'm a little extra raspy and I'm mm-hmm. trying not to cough, but um, I'm feeling much better. Good. But uh, it knocked me out, but I think I needed the rest. Good. Okay. Yeah. So you got a lot of rest. But uh, some other stuff happened. Some other stuff uh, happened, you guys. Yeah. Um, so well, uh, there was a mass shooting in Las Vegas and an amount of people were killed and injured that is really hard to fathom all dying and being hurt at once. And, um, it's really upsetting. It's really scary. Uh, it could be triggering for folks and I don't really have a lot to say about it other than my, I will, I will say one, I will say one thing, which is one of my many reactions to this is that the, in my opinion, very self-righteous conversation about gun control, I wish would be at least partially redirected to having an honest conversation about white men and like, I mean, gun control, fine, but let's, let's do like toxic, toxic white masculinity control. Because I just, I feel like that is, I feel like the rest of us are like, 
you know, when I have feelings, I like I binge on Netflix or I I get a back rub. I just really try to chill out. I call a friend. And like when white guys have feelings, they're like, I just have to shoot a bunch of people. I mean, I don't know how else to process it. So um, I don't I don't mean to make light of the situation, but I, I do think it's awful and shocking that at this point we're still not really having a conversation about who is committing like the majority of the mass shootings in our country and uh and i know some people are having the conversation like the some people have been having this conversation for like ages about um you know about like our country's legacy of like white violence which is kind of like woven into the fabric of our country but but i i think that like the conversations i see happening online between like liberals and progressives and it's just like it's this whole gun control thing and pointing fingers and and i'm not saying i'm not doing that thing of like don't politicize this (laughs) and and like i'm fine with like with like fingers being pointed at those who (laughs) should have fingers pointed at them but i just i just feel like this like the thing about white men needs to be a much like bigger part of the conversation and also men who are prone to domestic abuse and violence are prone to be a shooter as well we don't know this person's total history i did hear on the news on the way over here that somebody said oh it's weird he doesn't fit the profile and i'm like i how do you say that right because he wasn't poor or something like that like he had a lot of money he also had a lot of guns totally he also did a thing that yeah no i'm really glad he said that um it's it's. I was talking about this uh, yesterday with a friend. Just how uh, I don't want to say this. Like how terrorizing the last few months of this administration have felt. Like actual direct terror in order to make us comply to a political. Like that's terrorism. Um, and I'm not saying this. This man had anything to do with the Trump administration. But there is a a very very real link to white male privilege and what's happening in this country. And not that I need to tell any listeners out there who are white men, like, hey, I'm one of the guys, that this is a problem for everyone, including white men. You know, like, Mm -hmm. this is a result of many things, but toxic masculinity and the way we, they are taught and the kind of entitlements and Mm -hmm. and how in general then when, you know, there's many reasons why one does things like this. Mm -hmm. And we may never know what this person's motives are, but there is a pattern. So mm-hmm. I think it's important to recognize it is, yeah. is what I'm saying. I agree. I, I think it'll be interesting to see and maybe horrifying like after Trump is out of office and someone else to like run the numbers because I, I you know, there was some really horrific shit that white men did killing lots of people while Obama was in office. Yeah. Um, though I agree that like obviously Trump is like emboldening all kinds of people. Um, I feel like this this mass shooter problem seems to be I, I feel like it, it like transcends who's in office. True. You True. Know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I was saying that that he, he's not the reason that there's mass shooters, but he's one of the parts of the problem of this. I couldn't he, agree yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree more. Um, this morning I I retweeted a treat, a tweet, a treat. A treat. It was a treat. <laughs> uh, it was a tr- it was a treat of a tweet, you guys. Oh my gosh. Um, Oof. I I retweeted. Uh, so so someone tweeted. I think some some news person. Um, I didn't even click on his profile because it doesn't matter because the joke is funnier. But so this person tweeted, Sheriff says officials aren't labeling it terrorism because shooter could just be a quote unquote distraught person. And then Jeff Yang, who is at Original Spin, retweeted that and said, I just ran this through Google Translate and it came out as the shooter is white. Oh, which I thought was amazing. Well done. It's been re- retweet. Re- God damn it, Catherine. What? Retweeted. 
27,955 times. Uh, and I was the uh, 956th, maybe. I don't know. Well, well, DeRay McKesson, he's at DeRay, a uh, wonderful person. Uh, there was a an article he retweeted said, police confirm Las Vegas shooting, not terrorism, but local individual. And he wrote, watch whiteness work. A local individual, eh? It's like, yeah, he was <laughs> a, local a local individual, individual. who killed an I mean, yeah, terrorized Lo- hundreds. Local, local individual asterisk killed lots of people. Yeah. Okay, so I just want to mention two other things that are part of my jibber jabber. Oh, It'll be really I, quick. Yes. So in relation to that, you on the Facebook group, thank you so much for taking care of this. Yeah. Started a thread. Oh yeah. So for, yeah. if some people will go to the Struggle Buddies group and they don't want to see this, you know, commentary about this because it's upsetting, uh, you started a thread where people could uh, process their feelings. I thought that was very totally smart. And thank you for that. Well, no problem. Um, I hope people are making use of it. Yeah. One thing I want to mention, which is kind of relevant, is that today is the second day of BuzzFeed's Mental Health Week, which is, yay, it's like a week of content all about mental health, treatment, access, and care, and it's like essays and tips and feelingsy stuff. It's all, there's just like a lot of amazing shit, Um, and I feel like it could not have come at a better time, because I think we could all use some mental health that's a word. It's mental a combination health. of health and health. I, I got mental that. health. Um, You're okay. coming up with a lot of these. They're all amazing and what impossible was the Twitter to say. One, the treat, treat. Yeah, guys, look. Uh, <laughs> one last thing I want to say, and this is, I promise, my last, my third of my three part jibber jabber. I am more interested in this. Go on. This is pretty great. So we got an email from a listener who wanted to let us know what is happening planet wise right now because we talked about we we both had a week where we were what was it we were having like really realistic but like mundane dreams night terrors for me but they oh, were very okay. real and very different they were different yeah okay mine were mundane Catherine's were night terrors and uh <laughs> so we were wondering if there was something happening planetarily so a listener wrote in and said hey guys here's the scoop on planetary influences right now yes dreams are a big thing so uh, this was the week of uh, this was the week of September nineteenth, new moon in Virgo. It says, and mm. I'll just uh, read a, a quick part of it. Please do. While a concentration of planets in Virgo can set us on a self criticism bender. By the way, self criticism bender is an amazing phrase. Can that be the episode title? Done I don't and know. Done. Gosh, that's great. Uh, channel the energy instead to consider what can now be implemented or enhanced to allow optimum functioning for yourself, your dreams, and the betterment of the world around us. Which really spoke to me, and I think this is uh, about dreams, as in like your dreams for the world, not the dreams you dream when you go to sleep. But I choose to interpret it the latter way. Mm. And uh, thank you, planetary. That's our. Uh, astrology consultant wait what's a uh correspondent that emails from our astrology correspondent please please continue course i don't want to say your name in case you don't want to be read but please uh keep writing in and let us know if you come across anything planet wise that might jive with what we're talking about on the show yeah no that was really really cool and that's not the first person to say that that week when i was talking about oh really quite a few people were saying that like they were having dreams and stuff like that yeah very interesting so Let's that, talk about a thing we did for self-care. Let's do that. Um, okay, I, I'll, I'll go first. Please. I, uh, I rescheduled therapy because mm. I was too depressed to go. Wait for it. So my therapist <laughs> is um, a, a very far away and from New York terms. You know what that means. Upper West Side versus Brooklyn. Uh, some days I am in the city when I, when I have therapy and it's easier even though it's still not easy. Uh, because the West Side has their own rules and the trains. It's a whole and different thing. It's a whole situation. That's well, why they call it the Wild West. Yeah. That was oh my, my God, chair. they called the Wild West. The Wild Upper West Side. Um, and I was having such a day where there was a wrench thrown in with a last minute appointment. And I was like, I 
I just sat in bed and started sobbing. Mm -hmm. And uh, my boyfriend's like, what if you rescheduled therapy? And I was like, oh, my God, that would give me three hours. So I just called and I was like, hey, and she was luckily available the next day. And I was much better to be present and sharing as opposed to just being like, tick, tick, you know, let's get out of here. You know, totally. So I rescheduled. That's awesome. I know that feeling very well. It's almost every week where I'm like, do I have to? Yeah, I know. I know. I know. That's how I am. Like an hour before I'm like, you know, I don't know if I need therapy this week. I'm feeling really (laughs) good. Fine. I had a nice week. I get over some humps. Yeah, totally. (laughs) What about you? I really like yours, what you did for self-care. Yeah. So I, um, I had a really busy and draining week. I'm feeling particularly drained lately, both like physically and emotionally. And, uh, on, uh, on Sunday, I was out really early in the morning. I went to the gym and I did some errands and it was like cold. It was like officially like autumn Yeah. And I wasn't dressed for the weather at all. And so I was like freezing. So I got home and I was like, you know what I need is a hot bubble bath. I took a hot bubble bath and I felt like I was just soaking all of my aches and worries away. It was the most beautiful thing. And then I had some plans I had to leave the house for. And I was loath to leave my house except for the fact that I was going to see a friend and it would make me feel better if I saw her and I did and it did. And, but then I came back and I was like, I've expended so much energy just in leaving my house that I'm going to stay in bed the rest of the day. That sounds about right. That was like from three o'clock on Sunday until I think I got to bed at like eight o'clock to play video games with my brother or something. And then just went right back to bed. That's great. Yeah. So that was, it was like a very indulgent uh, self-care weekend for me. I, I think that's sort of a good, a really good thing. I expect that. Nothing less from the indulgent self-care. Felt delightful. Yeah. Cool. Um, so let's get to the first email, shall we? Let's do it. So this is from Frankie. Mm-hmm. And they said they would like a name from Grace and Frankie. What was that again? Grace and Frankie? That's that show that I think is with Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda. Yes. Okay. Um, I was thinking of uh, Grace, Will and Grace. And I was thinking of Frankie and... Isn't there a, a movie called Frankie and Johnny? Or yes, Frankie and Johnny. Pfeiffer? Yes. So anyway, a lot of lot of great Frankies out there. Oh my! Um, Do you want to read this or shall I? Uh, yeah, I'll read it. All right. What the hell? Okay, so this is from Frankie. Dearest Catherine and Sally, firstly, thanks for an amazing co- podcast. My first question is about friendships. I am in the process of coming out to myself and others as somewhere on the asexual slash aromantic spectrum. As I am coming to terms with the fact that I don't want a romantic slash sexual partner and I would like to be more conscious of my friendships. This for me means talking with my friends about our expectations to our relationships and being open about our feelings, needs, and wants regarding each other. I have friends I love a lot, but I don't really know how to start these conversations. Do you have any good advice about how to start talking about these things, especially with people you have known for a while? My second question is regarding how to make important decisions. I am in the process of trying to get my insurance to pay for a trans-related operation. I have been in this process for over two years now, and when I started, I went into it not really knowing if I wanted the operation at all, but because I knew it would take a long time, I started it anyway and hoped I would make a decision in the process. As of now, I'm not really getting closer to getting it paid and found out that I have to pay a lot of extra costs no matter what. This has been so much work already that it is hard to know what I actually wanted if the system wasn't so transphobic. So my question is, do you have any good advice on how to make decisions? Normally, I just follow my gut and jump into whatever feels right and then deal with the consequences later. But this process has been so draining that I don't really have that feeling of what I want. And it is the first decision I have had to make that is truly irreversible. Second part of this question. 
I could also borrow money to pay for it myself, but I don't really have enough money to begin with and student loans I have to begin paying back in a couple of years. So do you have any thoughts on how to determine if it is worth it to do something that would be good for my mental health now, i.e. no more stress with the insurance, but might be bad for me in a couple of years? I'm very grateful for all your thoughts on decision-making and short-term versus long-term planning. Uh, I will, yeah, I will send you a picture of my dog in the basket of my bike. She loves to bike with me and always howls with joy all the way to the dog park, which is both cute and irritating. Much love, Frankie. And uh, there's a picture of a dog in a basket, Catherine. I have a comment and a question. Yes. The comment is, this fucking dog is perfect. Yeah. Question, why did you not take video of the dog howling? Because now I need to know. We cannot move forward with an answer to this email unless we get a video you of like this dog. Immediately, we're yeah. holding your answer hostage. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so thank you so much for writing in. This, there's a lot here. So there's definitely two totally different questions yeah i want to hit the last one first cool. um as part as making important decisions i i don't know if you're in therapy or if you have um some you know if you're if you're going through procedures that are medical it really really helps to have at least a counselor or a therapist or somebody who knows about this stuff and you're right most systems are very transphobic and it is hard. So it really helps to have a support system, even if it is a therapist, like I, I keep saying, but therapist, I think would be a great way. One that maybe specializes in trans people, um, because you're going to need to process a lot of this stuff. And you said you made an appointment or you started the process of going to the doctor to get surgery when you weren't sure because you knew it would take a long time. I, w I would say that's not... Um, don't rush anything. You don't have to rush anything. I, I understand the desire, but y you'll have a better way of making said decision if you didn't have this date looming over your head that you made when you weren't sure. It's kind of like a breakup with someone. Well, I don't know if this is exactly parallel, but when you move in with someone who you're not quite sure if you want to still date, it makes the breakup that much harder. So whether or not you want this, you will have to wait for it, but it'll be it won't be a question. Um, if you're still having questions about it, don't don't do it. You you have time. Mm -hmm. uh, you have your whole life ahead of you. And it is an important decision. It is something that is very big. So you don't need to do it this second if you're having reservations. But I think the best thing for you to do would be to get counselor, therapist and or also a support network group, group therapy, a I don't know, just just have people in your corner because any kind of surgery or change like this is is big. You know, it takes up a lot. Of, and even just the surgery as a surgery, there's recovery time. Like there's a lot to think about, let alone the money and the insurance. So take your time. What mm -hmm. is the rush? Mm -hmm. You know, um, and, and I, I didn't mean to say it that way because I do know people who are trying to get operations and have to wait a very long time. They're like, I want this to happen like yesterday. So I, I don't mean to diminish the desire or an understanding that it's a very complex medical system. But because you said you weren't sure take take a minute mm -hmm. you know um do you want to hit on that as yeah, well yeah i i just i think that i kind of agree with Catherine. like it sounds like you're kind of putting the cart before the horse because you're trying to figure out if you should just like borrow the money so that you can get this dealt with right away but at the same time you're it sounds like you're not even sure that you want the surgery in the first place so i think like i think that making a decision making a big money decision uh, when you're not even really sure if you want to do the thing you would need the money for, I, I would like completely table the money question right now, mm -hmm. because it sounds like what you need to figure out is whether or not you want to go through with the surgery. And, you know, you said 
that it's like it's so draining that you're not even really sure what you want anymore. Um, and that totally makes sense to me. Like, I just I think that the medical like I just dealing with any medical thing is a nightmare. And then when you add on top of that, that any gender confirming surgery is probably not recognized or covered in the way it should be. And that's draining in, in a whole nother way. And that I can totally see compromising your ability to like think this through in, in a way where you're like honoring what you really truly want and trying to figure out, you know, what it would look like if you had the surgery, what it would look like if you didn't have the surgery. So I basically, I think that you, there's like a lot of things that you're having to wade through right now, um, that are making it complicated. It's like the, the signal to noise ratio is like all fucked up. And so I think what you need to do is try to find a way to like remove some of that noise so you can like think about this. I think that some decisions get made by like really thinking about them and then other decisions get made just by sort of letting them sit there in your brain. Um, like, you know, like Don Draper goes to the movie and takes a nap. And then when he gets up, he knows what to do. Like, yeah. and it's, he's not sitting there trying to solve the problem. It, it like it comes to him because he just like lives with it for a while in the back of his head. And so um, I say that to say be more like Don Draper. No, I'm just kidding. I say that <laughs> to say, like, I think that some of this, like some some decision making is like, let me write down pros and cons. Let me think this through. And then some decision making is just sort of like going through your life letting the idea percolate and like you know sometimes I I'll like be like okay for one day I'm gonna pretend that I decided to make this decision and then like see how I feel at the end of the day and then another day I'm gonna pretend that I uh, made the decision not to do this thing and see how that feels and like kind of compare those two like pretend realities and I really think that Catherine's advice about talking to someone is a is really good I think that you know really good useful processing is what like, I mean, it helps me make decisions. I think hearing yourself say certain things mm. and hearing other people reflect back to you. Like, you know, I hear you saying that, like, what you really want is X, Y, and Z can really help put things into focus that maybe you weren't able to sort of like pick out for yourself. And I think processing with like friends is really important. I think like processing with other people who have made or are making similar decisions is really important. I think talking to a therapist would be amazing. I think, you know, I, I'm sure you're doing like some in real life processing, but I would maybe just like step that up a notch. And also just like, as Catherine recommended, take the time pressure off because mm. I think, I think it's really hard to think clearly when you're like, I just have to make this like really important decision by deadline. It's going to be fine. Like, I think it's really hard to, yeah. to, to like come to a conclusion when you have like a hard deadline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. So Catherine, should we talk about the first question about yes. um, friendships? Yeah, and I want to make sure I'm hearing this correctly because what I read, so Sally, correct me if I'm wrong, is they're coming out as asexual in the aromantic spectrum, uh, coming out to themselves and and others, right, friends. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess the question, uh, talking with them about expectations to our relationships and making open our feelings, needs, and wants regarding each other, are they asking do I have the conversation of like, you'll be very important to me during this process versus uh, a conversation of here's what I've been feeling lately? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I was assuming that they are asking. They're basically like, I want to I want to focus more on my friendships and mm. put more attention towards and effort into those. And I want to like I wanted to share more about our feelings, needs and wants. I think it's I don't think it's about they're coming out right yeah okay yeah does that sound right no absolutely okay. so that's what that's what I was wondering um yeah part of me wonders if you have to have a conversation with your uh friends about 
what you're wanting unless you're not getting what you want out of the friendships. Because it sounds to me like you have awesome friends. So unless you're not getting what you want and need out of all of your friendships, I don't know if it's necessary to have a conversation. But if something um that's on your mind, there's absolutely nothing wrong with talking about what's on your mind and opening up a conversation with your friends if you have some concerns because they're your friends and they're the ones who love you and will listen to you and maybe assuage any fears you have of you know, your relationship going forward as as a friend, understanding that you may not be in a romantic relationship and they are kind of thing, you know, if, mm-hmm. it, if it ever comes up or, or something like that. Um, I would say just if you feel like it, talk to your friends about whatever you're feeling. And I'm I'm yeah, sounds like you have a good support system. Yeah, I I'm not really sure if you feel like you're not getting something from your friends and that's what you want to talk about with them or if you do have generally good friendships, but you want to sort of take them to the next level like you feel like you could be you could know each other more or be more vulnerable with each other or something I feel like there's something that is not being said in this question Mm. um and I don't I don't totally know what it is um like so I I share Catherine's like question about like why do you feel like you need to have these conversations with them um I guess like if if you want to have conversation if you want to sort of have a state of the union with a friend, I think you just basically have to start the conversation be like, you know, I, I would love to have a conversation with you about our friendship or like, do you think we could talk about, you know, how much we trust each other? Or I really want to like tell you some things about me, but it's pretty heavy and I want to make sure you're down. Like, I, you know, I don't know. I'm just like making things up. I'm just trying to imagine what it is that you want to do with Mm. your friendships. I think, I think that like, romantic relationships have this like built-in expectation of like emotional intimacy and I think that friendships don't always necessarily I think I think some people expect emotional intimacy in their friendships and like some people don't um so I think you have to evaluate you you have to sort of be aware of like what the people you're friends with want as well and like I I think that some people might not want to take a friendship super deep and other people might want to take a friendship super deep. So I guess, I guess it's just a matter of like starting the conversation. Uh, I mean, you can even be like, Hey, I'm kind of like turning over a new leaf. Like I'm really interested in like investing much more in this friendship. And I want to know, like, can we go for a long walk? Like I, you know, I just, I'm not really sure what that would look like, but I think, you know, you said, you you said that you love your friends a lot Mm. and you've known them for a long time. So I think that you can just be really honest. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. I, um, yeah, it seems like you, you trust yourself when you know that they'd be open to it. And as far as how to start the conversation, what you said, like, Hey, let's go for a walk. Yeah. Or Hey, let's talk about something. Yeah. yeah. Everyone knows that when they get invited to go for a walk, they're going to have a, a situation. Conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Frankie, good luck and, yeah. uh, keep us posted us on all fronts. Yeah. All right. Great. And before we get to our second email, we have, we have something we want to tell you. We do. Hey, Sally. Catherine, yes. I think you know yes. that we're really into self-care. Yes. We all need to take a little bit better care of ourselves, and taking care of our mental health is no exception. That is correct. There's nothing more important than taking care of your mental health. We literally have a show all about that. That is literally <laughs> like that is, what this show is all about. This is our existence, because that's why today's sponsor, Talkspace, it, the online therapy company, makes it easy to connect with an experienced licensed therapist, handpicked just for you, for as little as $32 a week. Now, this is very important mm-hmm. because, you know, therapists, we always recommend going if you can. 
but it sort of comes from a privileged place if mm-hmm. you can't afford it. And unfortunately, a lot of people cannot, which is a shame. Fun fact, if you live in New York, therapy costs $1,000 a minute. Pretty much, yeah. So this is a good option to sort of lean into the start mm-hmm. of finding something or dipping your toes into the therapy idea if you've been scared to try it. Uh, so, you know, listen, when you use Talkspace, you can talk to your therapist by text, audio, and video messages whenever you want, or do a live video chat. Never done that. Have you done that? Uh, I never have, but I have to tell you that if I was up against a wall therapy-wise, I very much would. I would Skype that. Yeah, I've done phone sessions. So, uh, hey, if you want to vent about work or family or talk to something that's been on your mind, uh, Sally, what do you think? No problem. Mm -hmm. Your therapist is there and ready to help. So you can go to Talkspace.com slash bus, and as a special offer for our wonderful co-riders on the struggle bus you can use the coupon code bus that's b-u-s to get 30 dollars off your first month and show your support for our podcast that's b-u-s and also you can go to talkspace.com slash bus talkspace's therapy for how we live today Catherine. and here's a great thing we we looked into talkspace when they approached us and we were like all right we're so flattered they're doing some really cool stuff Mm -hmm. and um usually i think you can sign up for free at first to see what the options are and they have different tiers and different um you know offers and sort of try some things out and see if it works for you and if it doesn't guess what uh that's what finding a good therapist is all about totally but it's nice to have an option that is less expensive Mm -hmm. um if you are going through a time where you just need to talk and we talk about this a lot on the show is uh your friends are there for you but there's some times where you just need to talk to someone who is objective and not a part of your friend circle or family circle so you know this is helpful so and and lots of times people are like i hear you telling me to go to therapy but i have no time and i have no money yes and talkspace is one service that addresses both of those things yeah so get into it you guys yeah if you need uh give it a shot that's again uh talkspace.com slash bus fun fact uh no other bus shows they're currently sponsoring because we were the only ones they gave us with the the tag bus take that other bus other bus podcasts (laughs) Excellent. Let's get to the second email. Let's do it. Um, This person wants to be called Chell from Portal. Uh, There's mentions, content, and uh, trigger warning mentions of rape allegations and suicidal feelings. I had a friend from college, by the way, all the names are changed, B, move in with the expectation that she would get a job and move out pretty quickly. She was close friends with roommate Al, who had moved across the country with us last summer to the Pacific Northwest. We had to move a few weeks later because of a sewage leak under the apartment. We found out on a Friday night. By Saturday afternoon, the place was practically uninhabitable. We got moved to an admittedly nicer apartment with a small fenced-in backyard. B and Al were practically nocturnal, smoking and watching TV all night. Neither of them got jobs or even went to interviews. I suggested some work-at-home positions such as data entry like I used to do. That never happened either. One morning, I got a long text from B saying that I disrespected her by saying, you don't want to know about an intense situation involving rape allegations with her brother. We had a house meeting to discuss that situation wherein I apologized for what happened and requested that next time I try to butt in, she tell me to back off. I found out that she apparently had been feeling suicidal at the time as well. My husband and I felt like we were walking on eggshells after that. Then her cat got fleas. He apparently had not been getting treated for fleas, nor had he gone to the vet. They took down my bird feeders because apparently they were attracting squirrels. 
They bought bug bombs, and we agreed they would set them off while my husband and I were at work. The labels on the bug bombs said that anything that could come into contact with food should be covered and surfaces should be wiped down afterwards. Al and B took this to mean that everything had to be bagged up, including clothing and bedding. We came home from work one day to find our mattress flipped up and all our stuff in garage bags. Garbage bags. Sorry. Garage bags? Is that even a that thing? Could be, we should invent them. Yeah. All our stuff in garbage bags. They said, this is how it has to be when we bug bomb. The first round of bug bombing happened well into the afternoon. And after it was all done at 8 p.m., we helped wipe down surfaces, unpacked our bedding, and went to sleep. The cat still had fleas, and they blamed us, even though we were no longer letting the cat in our room. So we got the cat some flea pills and paid for them to stay at a pet-friendly hotel while we treated the apartment ourselves. There had to be, quote, not a single flea when they returned. They got banned from the hotel, and when they came back, they said that the first room had a leaky faucet and the management was disrespectful to them. Things got worse when B found out through a mutual friend that my husband's girlfriend, Zoe, had blocked B on Facebook. B was really upset and we were caught in the middle. My husband and I were so intimidated that we practically lived out of the bedroom for a couple weeks. Then we decided to just move out and let them have the apartment to themselves for the last month of the lease. My husband, Zoe, and I are now living together in a small apartment, in a similar apartment, sorry, in the same complex. I feel like a weight has been lifted, but I still feel off balance after everything that happened. I don't know how to rationalize everything involving B and how not to blame myself in the process. Thanks for reading. Um, what was the name again? Chell? Chell. Chell. Chell, thank you for that. Um, we also did get some backstory earlier about uh, they're in an open relationship. So that explains Yeah, the letter writer. And, yeah. 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 Um, Chell, I mean, B and Al sound like pretty nightmarish friends um i mean the whole flea thing sounds like a nightmare but also they got banned from a hotel i i feel like getting banned from a hotel i mean you have to do I mean, what what uh, that takes work it I, takes so much we effort got, we got locked out of a hotel once uh in uh lake lake george and i broke into the window of the bathroom and like did a handstand on the toilet and nice. a back aerial to get in and probably broke everything and Nothing. Not, not even banned. Not even a charge. Not banned. <laughs> not even an incidental on the old credit card bill. Yeah. Um, I have he, a feeling they're not being very truthful to you. Yeah. I also have a feeling that they are emotional vampires and terrible people. So, I mean, th- if if everything happened exactly the way you say it happened, I they sound like very self-involved people who don't treat other human beings well. So I would... I mean, if you feel like you want to maintain a friendship with them, I feel like you need a serious, courageous conversation. But I also yeah. think it would be completely understandable if you decided that these people are not worth your time as friends. Yeah, I don't even know why. I, I mean, maybe you were living with them because you were friends before and and, um, you know, money stuff. But I'm glad you're out. Like, it's it's tough. So your question is, I guess, really um, – sort of what was the question i don't know how to rationalize everything involving b and how not to blame myself in the process yes don't blame yourself easier said than done but it sounds like you went through a traumatic situation your friends turned out to be not very nice to you they were cruel to you um the whole bug bomb situation blaming you and not you know uh getting angry with you about fleas that's just not very nice and so i too have had friendships end on strange notes and it's it's traumatic. It's sad. You you judge every decision you make. You go back and wonder if you were the problem. You second guess yourself. It takes a while to get out of 
a situation like that in your head and to move forward and, and trust again. But the good news is it sounds like your husband and the Zoe person is amazing and you're living together and are friends. And that's great. But how to process? It takes time. But even just writing these emails to us and, and getting in touch, I think you know that you're angry. And what's our new motto on this show? Hey, anger is A-OK. Yeah, sure is. It is. And if you're angry, fuck yeah, you have every right to be angry. Sally, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I will say that there's a couple things in here that, you know, I, I, I don't think it's necessarily worth you blaming yourself. But I, I would, like, think about some of your actions in the situation and and like just think about maybe what you would do differently if you were doing it again like you know for example they said um like they did all this kind of aggressive stuff where they put all your stuff in garbage bags and then they blamed you for the fleas even though the cat had never been in your room and so you paid for them to stay at a hotel um and there had to be not a single flea when they returned like i i feel like um they kind of like bullied you guys uh, and then you hid in your room um because you're so intimidated like, so I, I feel like there's something going on where you guys, um, like they bullied you and I don't think anyone like lets themselves get bullied because bullies are manipulative and controlling sure. and they get inside your head. But I, I do sort of like wonder about some of the decisions that you and your husband and maybe Zoe made, um, throughout this. Like I, it's, it's interesting to me that like they blamed you for something that you felt clearly wasn't your fault. So you paid for them to stay at a hotel. Um, and I think what it sounds like is that you were in a really toxic relationship with people who were manipulating you and now you're not in it and you can like reflect on it and process it. Um, and I think it's important to reflect on it and process it. But that's that is different than blaming yourself for a situation. I, I want to be clear about that. I think that like blaming yourself, nothing constructive really can come from that. But I think, you know, doing some deconstruction of like what happened and like what, you know, patterns that you've noticed in yourself um, that may have come into play here. I think that's like a useful exercise. Yeah. And also, you know, you were so nice to them and offering them a work idea or like what you can do to get it, you know, whatever you, you were so very nice to them and they weren't very nice to you. And I, I actually remember being, um, in a situation where somebody wasn't paying rent and I was like, here, I'll help you find a job. I'll help this. And my shrink at the time was like, you know, you just can say rent's due at the first of the month. And if you can't pay it, you can't live here. Mm -hmm. And they will they will learn. They will do it. You know, like set some boundaries. Yeah. Be like, hey, if you're in the living room too much smoking and watching TV all night, how about I get the living room for this part of the night and you get it for this part of the night? Sorry, that's just the way it is. And it sounds harsh. But guess what? When you tell someone rent's due on the first of the month, not like, oh, you know, get a job. They're going to get a job. Mm -hmm. They're going to make it work. So yeah. in a way, I don't want to say you're enabling, but like. Yeah, you you offered. You were nice. Sometimes friends need help. I think that's a good thing to do. But after the fifth or sixth or seventh time, I don't think these people are very nice to you. And don't be too hard on yourself. Don't blame yourself, Sally. I totally agree with the bully thing. And, and it's, it's going to take some time and you have every right to be frustrated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I think I think sometimes like showing people kindness um, is like if you're not doing it out of the goodness of your heart, if you're doing it because you're hoping that it will like fix something in the friendship or you're hoping that if you're kind, they'll stop being terrible. Or if you, if you like do something nice, they'll stop like staying up all night watching TV and like smoking. Mm -hmm. Like that's not really kindness. That's mm -hmm. like avoidant. That's like being avoidant basically of like a confrontation that would be really uncomfortable to have, which is not to say that anything that they did is right and everything you did is wrong, but it's like, you know, I think that what Catherine just said about boundaries is really important and that like sometimes kindness is actually just like enabling a shitty dynamic. Mm. So um, I think it's really important to keep in mind. Yeah. 
Yeah, and everything you said, too, about investigating, just going forward, how maybe this won't happen again, the, the the small parts, again, not your fault, but a way in which you can recognize, okay, maybe I can, if that's this happens next time, I can take a step back and be like, that's not okay. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So um, thank you for writing in, yeah. Chell. So we're going to have to end soon. Um, so we're only going to do two emails. We are. And that's my, I'm on a bit of a time crunch, uh, and I don't want the third email to be rushed. So we are going to save it for next week when it will not be rushed. And to be fair, I should have gotten here a little bit earlier, but you know. You were on time. I was was on time, but I should have gotten here earlier. Now, Catherine. My bad. I disagree, you guys. Let the record reflect that Catherine was on time. Okay. Also, I just want to say real quick about the second letter. I don't know if they weren't paying rent. I'm not sure if that was a problem. But I do know. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. That was like an example you were using. That was right? an example. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, yeah, I, so. I got that. I yeah. got that. Cool. Um, all right. Great. So listen, you can tweet at us at strugglebuspod. Email us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com. To, uh, oh, you just added a thing. Sorry. The Google Doc just flew up. Oh, sorry. Um, strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com if you want to ask a question or if you want to get into our secret Facebook group. Um, just use separate emails and uh, saying whether you have a question versus I want to be in the group. I mean, in the subject line and also if for Facebook, give us the email you use to log into Facebook. Some of people have a Hotmail still. That's a fun fact. No way. Yeah. I didn't even know that was still a site. That is still, uh, people have the thing to log into the thing. Remember uh, Friendster? All right. Instagram.com <laughs> slash the struggle was pod. Use the hashtag struggle pod buzz 420 to find a struggle buddy. Tweet at Sally T. Tweet at me at SPK Heller. Uh, live show coming up October 25th, 7 p.m. Union Hall. Find out the info and get tickets on strugglebuspodcast.com. Become a member for as little as $5 a month. Strugglebuspodcast.com. Go on the link to Gumroad. You get... Um, monthly bonus episode and there's 12 that you can access now all right sally song of the week that was amazing that's like when you listen to the radio commercials and they read the terms and conditions really fast i audition for those sometimes really yeah holy shit it, it's hard you get tripped it, up is it really because i thought maybe someone read it in a normal voice and they just sped it up no there's no, they those read people who fast? do that for a living oh, oh yeah oh shit oh yeah I've i want one of them to be a guest on our show it's fun i know a couple of people who can do it oh yeah it's a skill it's a very can marketable on here? I've, I've auditioned for those i'm pretty good at it when it comes down to it but there's people who are like much better damn that's impressive okay Thanks. the song of the week is mighty long way by fishbone this is from fishbone's 1988 album truth and soul mm. this might be the second third fourth or fifth time i've selected a song from this very album um, for the outro song, but it's just a really good album, you guys. And uh, I'm just going to read a little bit of the lyrics. Well, I look into the cloudy sky and cleanse my soul as the heavens cry. My life is like a rolling stone up and down the hills. It breaks my ass like a windowsill. And if I had to do it all by myself, there'd be a threat to my mental health. But there's no need to run and hide when folks are by my side. Believe me when I say me and my friends go a mighty long way. Mm. Uh, mental health, friends getting you there, lifting you up. That's what it's all about. And I promise you that the actual song is 2000% better than me reading the lyrics. Please listen to it. It's such a good song. It's such a good album. And uh, that's it. That's all I got. Yeah. Uh, and also, listen, it's been such um, such an intense news week as we've gotten many of them. Also, a lot of uh, bad stuff in Puerto Rico. My thoughts go to them as well. We didn't talk about that, but only because... Not because we aren't thinking about that as well. So it, it's often often what happens is the news cycle hits and then things recede. And 
a new thing happens and then we record. And so it's like we're not recording necessarily at like the peak of a particular news event. But I am really glad you brought Puerto Rico because that is a humanitarian crisis and disaster. And we should actually devote some time to it next week. Exactly. So, yeah, there's a lot happening in the world and we're we're all thinking of each other. Take care of yourselves, gang. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. Bye. Bye. Bye.